0: Welcome to a drop 10 media production.
1: Two Father to Media out of Philadelphia. Dad.
2: Seriously,
3: We have the amazing Abby Cushfield and Luke Thayer Woo-hoo! from Hey, that's us. So hey, is thanks, it, for
2: having so, us.
3: thanks for joining us. So are you, is it from New York by way of Indiana or is it Indiana by way of New York? I don't, I don't know. How I to,
2: never knew that either.
3: No, no uh, one really does. Do they? Well, I think they get it either way at this point. <laughs> well, <laughs> we t- originated in, <laughs> in Indiana. There we go. I That's what I'm trying to Indiana,
2: say, but made for New York. Heck <laughs> beautiful. Balanced for New York. There you
3: go. So, so for everyone there, I, I met Abby and Luke uh, at a show at uh, the church of satire in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Both very very funny, uh, they're a comedic couple. They're married, and um, we wanted them on to find out how they do it all, being comedians, parents, and you know being in the comedy hub of the world, New York City. So welcome them. Thank I think you. we already did that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now wait, so now you guys are like, you have like two separate acts. You
1: guys
0: never, you don't perform together. Correct. Though, right? Yes, we do separate acts. Uh, not performing at the same time did you had you met
2: (laughs) one word at a time
0: were you always comedians when
1: you met or had was that something that developed after
0: yes i mean the very first time i ever saw abby ever in my life it was in an open mic in indianapolis i had been doing the open mics for about six months and i saw her first time on stage there but that was the very first time i'd ever seen her in my life
1: what was your initial what
0: was your initial reaction You know, I don't know if I've ever said this on a podcast, I know we've had discussions about this before, but my reaction was depression. Like I was really depressed because she was so good and it was her very first Uh, time. And you know, you anybody that's done comedy, you know, a lay person wouldn't know this, but you six months is, it's nothing. It's like, if you think of the universe, like a year is nothing in the history of the universe. That's what six months is to comedy. It is nothing, it's a blip. But when you have been doing it only six months, it seems like you have been doing it forever.
2: You're halfway to famous. Yes. Oh, yeah. You're (laughs) on your way. You're (laughs) You're
0: on your way. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I I was thinking, man, you know, I'm I'm ready to MC at the club and, you know, I'm doing guest spots and I I think I'm going to be somebody. Right. And watching her, just I I bet if you were looking at me, I probably look crestfallen. Just, oh, because I was like, she, she on her very first time can be better than me after having put six months of work. And I was, you know, I, once I had started doing it, I was doing it, you know, a couple times a week for that six months, like every opportunity I could get in Indiana, which is a little different than New York. You can't do it every single night in Indiana, but I was doing it several nights a week. Uh, You know, I was working at the club so I could watch these headliners and to do that for six months and then to watch somebody just walk in off the street (laughs) and crush and be so much better than me. It was kind of like, oh, boy, this is not good.
2: I remember my first words to you were. Follow that, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: that's awesome. There we go. That's, yeah. beautiful. Oh, God. that's She amazing. didn't just drop the mic. She took it with her, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I said, show's over. Um, no, he's exaggerating. Because it was a three-minute performance. Yeah, and Every but- open-miker for the first time at, at that comedy club, which is called Crackers by the way um, yeah, know <laughs> so that I did well under that kind of friendship. yeah
0: wow yeah well that's what you know you would think that I would have been the one that does well at <laughs>
2: <craft>. <laughs> so, so yeah I mean but I also stacked the deck I had some high school friends enjoying my show and I was no stranger to the stage I had never done stand-up before except I think I dabbled in college a little bit but I have been in plays and things so I'm very comfortable um, you know, talking to strangers and having them be quiet while I take all the air in the room. I
3: like nice. that. Nice. So, was it, I mean, the cliche as it sounds, was it just like love at first sight? Was this like, you had to see her another yeah. see sounds each like other she ten times? A weirdo, so. they <laughs> yeah, a job. Yeah. yeah, but Luke could still fall in love being called, I've fallen in love with the lot of well, people What's so amazing is the Luke is crestfallen, but also what's happening is also,
0: is Dreamweaver like <laughs> it's also, <laughs> like yeah. It's yeah. also happening. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird combo. So I was in love with comedy, so it, that's, that was why it was so depressing. And like, you know, we, we then started as you do in like an open mic community around the country, you know, New York, LA, those are different places. And and people listening are probably not in those type of places. Generally speaking, they're going to be in the Midwest, the Southwest, the yeah. Pacific Northwest, the South, they're going to be around where I named everything, <laughs> but Australia, Australia, Africa, Australia Africa, literally,
3: India. In, literally any <laughs> place, Russia. but
0: New York and Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, the communities that happen to form around, you know, doing open mics, doing comedy are pretty small and tight knit. So right. probably for our community, maybe there was 50 comics and that would be. Uh. Including probably everybody that kind of even was dabbling in it. And there was probably maybe a dozen or 20 people that were the ones that were really trying. Some of those quit, you know, they stopped trying at some point, but you know, there was a little core group. So you get to know each other. So we got to know each other. We were both dating other people. Uh, So we were just friends and comedy friends. And
2: that so, night when I had my set, I mean, the first thing you said was like, hey, that was a really good set. And I said,
0: thanks so much. And you're like, no, no, it was
2: really good. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Good. It was good. It.
1: Yeah, because everybody says good set. Yeah, good so it's set, like, bro. I feel like you have to say, that's well, that's really cool to hear. And I agree with you on the camaraderie. I'm really new. I am someone who's had a lot of success early. I was a teacher for 18 years. So there's no stranger to getting up in front of people and talking every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it, took, it took a lot of what happened over the pandemic to kind of change my shift. And uh, when I think about, the friends I've made just in the community the last two years have been so impactful. Like even now, the fact that Alan and I are doing this right now and, and uh, is amazing and it's a lot right. to what you said, even though this is an individual sport and we're each going up there to do our piece, there is a level of wanting to see others do well and appreciating a really good at bat, appreciating a really good set, even though it wasn't your set Uh, that I really enjoy that camaraderie.
2: Right. I think the harder it gets, you know the more you're the longer you do it the harder it kind of gets at least in that beginning as you kind of grow into it and then you can really appreciate someone's effort so even when they bomb you know like hey you did your whole time you know right, like right. you you withstood that horrible audience member good yeah. job so well, we, yeah well we kind of respect the the pain that it takes to go through it mm-hmm. so you're going
0: so, through it together too yeah. so
1: at what point do you go from just having other people and just being friends to to saying hey let's try this let's let's maybe date
0: Mm, well, since we both were dating other people, I don't, it certainly wasn't right away. And then
2: I was in a long distance relationship yeah. that sadly was, you know, being very, very strained. And he was in a relationship that I think was, you weren't hot and heavy at that point either. It
0: was off, <laughs> Yeah. It
2: was cooling off. I was like <laughs> that's how teenagers were described to me. They're hot and heavy. They're heavy, heavy. Hot everything. and heavy. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, yes. I, well,
2: so it was, at, well, yeah. can I tell my side,
0: sure.
2: honestly, like uh, <laughs> at that particular open mic being in my early twenties, uh, there were a lot of guys in their thirties that were just swoop, swooping in oh, after yeah. to oh, give yeah. me tips, to compliment me, but then they like, we should, we me should write, write together.
3: We should yeah, write yeah, together. If yeah, yeah. It's not
2: everybody. Cause there's only like a handful. We're talking six people, but still I was like, not another one. Come on guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so Luke was the only one that hadn't tried to do that. He just wanted to oh. talk about comedy and that was so easy. It was a very neutral zone and we clicked like we have similar personalities, similar upbringings. And so at the time, we just agreed with a lot of what each other was saying. I remember early when we did finally start dating, Luke was like, "We've never gotten in an argument yet." I just can't believe it. And I'm oh, like, boy. <laughs> "Oh, boy! It,
0: we, it was probably at least at least a year of dating, not just knowing each other, dating before we even had an argument." Yeah. Nice. What How
1: long did you date before the proposal happened, or before he got married?
2: Four years.
0: Okay, there okay, we go. Sorry, did you? you go. Go. No, I, dude, I was. I went like, yeah, yeah, on that. He's, He's like,
3: that like, "Babe, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one." Yeah, go my, ahead. My wife always quizzes me on that. And then, so so you get you 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 move to New York after you're married.
2: Is no, before
3: before you were married. Right, you I saved to New York that
2: together. for a year. And I knew I wanted to go to L.A. or New York, but I thought at the time it would be to pursue acting. The more comedians that worked professionally that I met through our local comedy club, the more I decided, okay, stand up comedy is where it's at. Plus, I did a lot of dinner theater, local modeling and local acting. And it just for local commercials, it felt very out of my control and not as Mm -hmm. fun. Whereas in stand up on stage, I could always design what I wanted to say. Um, I probably had a, a warped sense of how much like control i had over the audience you know because i was just like i'm so good all the time i can't fail you know i hadn't really really tanked for months at a time yet but um but i was really confident and so i wanted to go to new york and i said to luke like when i save up this lump sum when i hit that number i'm leaving this town because he was kind of dragging his feet do you remember
0: well i would yeah i wouldn't call it dragging my feet i mean i think it would have gotten to dragging my feet uh, I was too new for it, for me to describe it as dragging my feet, okay. but I did want to move to New York before I even met Abby. In fact, the previous girlfriend, I had said, you know, I'm moving to New York. That's what I'm going to do. Cause I had seen different movies with New York. Uh, and I was like, that's the place that, you know, I watched uh, Seinfeld's comedian, the documentary. Oh yeah. Um, I, I watched it once a week, every week for my entire first year of comedy. And so Beautiful. Just over and over and over again, Listen yeah. to the commentary, you know, analyzing it. And so I had decided. so the previous girlfriend, I was like, I'm moving to New York. And she's like, she was an actress. And she's like, well, maybe I should move to New York, too. Because she had talked about L.A. She was going to move to L.A. And I was like, no, I think you should go to L.A. <laughs> and I should go to New York. Like, I that's. And so when we. <laughs> get
2: such a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> right? so she was like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guess we'll text each yeah. other or what are we going
3: to do yeah yeah
1: <laughs> did, so did you guys do, AOL, I
2: mean, messenger um, AOL. No, i say dragging my feet because i had like i i felt i'm i'm an impetuous person or it's easy for me to yep. make a decision and luke likes to really think things through um he's pretty cautious he, but i think that's a benefit and we balance each other out that yeah. way because it helped him to have a deadline and it helped you know me to i don't know and later in life to <laughs> not be so reactionary but um so so that that kind of i think helped him because he knew he was falling for me a little bit more
0: yeah that de- definitely pushed me to alter the timeline a little bit maybe i would have waited and taken a couple years i know knowing my personality it's very possible i would have just started working my way up in the local scene and then had stuck there to some degree, yeah. because there is a, there's an unknown, and when you have unknown, there's fear. So right. going to New York, she, she was like, "I'm getting on a plane this weekend and going to go find an apartment." Yeah. And that's what we're going to nice. be doing. And
2: both of our families nice. were very leery about New York. I forget what your parents said to you, but my mom was like, do not get a drug addiction. I think specifically for <laughs> people. Nope. She was like, please don't start using Coke just because you live in New York. Don't, <laughs> don't do that.
0: Whatever you do, don't <laughs> do no. Coke. Say I think no my parents were like, don't become an atheist.
2: <laughs> like, that's
0: more of what they did.
2: That's what New York meant to them. Yeah. So anyway, we we saved or, up. We
0: or were Democrat. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
2: anyway. Um, <laughs> I, love, I
3: love the
1: dynamic of so. Mike, that's,
3: uh, so we moved to New York. Comedy careers are going out of control. You're killing it. Everything's going perfectly, and then you you really begin to have a family, right? Because you you're you,
2: fast forwarding like seven years. I was going to say. Well, well years, my question my
1: question my was going to be: my Did bad.
3: you think marriage was in
1: the cards for you guys at any at this point when you were packing up? Like, or was it just like, hey, we're just we're just seeing where this goes? I'm I'm career focused.
0: I uh, probably a bit of both. Like we were dating where I, at least I, I can cons- trying to remember exactly my state of mind. It certainly was, we got different apartments. We didn't arrive exactly at the same time. I, oh. I came a couple weeks later.
2: I also you know. was very particular about do not tell them we're dating like our peers because I didn't want yeah. them to memorize one person's oh. thing and then think, Oh yeah, that's the other one. You wow. Know? That's, a that's a girlfriend. good play. That's a good play. Um, and so, uh, I was really touchy about that. And I think to a point where it bothered you, <laughs> I was like, don't <laughs> hold my hand when we walk
0: Yeah, in. <laughs> I mean, it, it's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong with it. I don't think it matters at all to people. I think that it's yeah, something that, in hindsight, yeah, at the time might seem like a very big deal. Like, oh, we yeah. don't want to, you know, I've no other, you know, there's a lot of comedy couples. So other couples that are very, don't ever, you know, use us together. Don't ever talk about us no, together. Really. We don't work together. That's fine too, but I don't think anybody cares at all. But
2: the funny thing was, I remember in high school, um, I, by the guy I was dating, we broke up and his uncle, who is very close to, said to him, and, like during the breakup call, he's like, my uncle wants to talk to you. And I was like, okay, sure. And I was like, hey, and he goes, hey, honey, uh, sorry, you guys are going through this. I tried to tell him she's the type of girl that's going (laughs) to get married in her thirties. And And then I didn't like, I just, I don't know what he knew and what he saw in me, but I did not settle down until like I was 27, but still it was like my later years. So there was this element of, I really want to get my ducks in a row professionally before I commit to a family life. But nevertheless, like we, Committed to sharing a space. Well, we got married, then we lived together. Then we got a pet right away. So all these things that comedians weren't necessarily doing. Like when we did get married, I still felt like we were one of two couples that were married at the time. Like nobody was married.
0: Yeah, and and the ones that were were probably a little bit further along. Like uh, Rich Voss and Bonnie. Bonnie, You know. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it
2: felt like something you don't you don't have to do that much much later. Like everybody was staying and drinking after the show. Yeah, and networking or they're doing like the ucb the, the sketch and improv thing where yep. you stay up till 2 a.m you're rehearsing with your teams so there just wasn't a lot of time to have date night you know like we never went out to restaurants because we were performing in them there was yeah. never any free time at night pretty much the way we hung out was during the day it, in between temp jobs like we would work during the day but yeah if we had a day off we would hang then
1: and was there long, was there a discussion even early on in the relationship? Like, Hey, we want to have kids. Was that something, you know, we've talked to a few times with different uh, guests that we've had where they either weren't expecting to have a kid or some had planned, uh, you know, was that something that you guys said to yourselves? Like, yeah, we even though we have this lifestyle and entertainers, we're definitely going to be a family. We're definitely going to have kids or were you thinking like dogs and plants?
2: That's so funny. I knew I wanted kids since I was a child. Like I, yeah. ever- with baby dolls i was like i'm gonna be a mom someday and yeah. i was raised by a single mom so i just pictured doing it on my own i was like i'm gonna be like that lady she's cool
0: right. yeah, that's when, funny
2: when luke and i met he was like i don't want to ever get married i think
0: i didn't look <laughs> I at mom ever- that's cool <laughs>
2: yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah uh so certainly not anyway um but yeah i uh i i think that just made it seem safe like okay cool well we can date and Enjoy each other's company, and whatever happens, happens. Like I didn't, I didn't think about forever until I think my biological clock ticked, and I was starting to get antsy. Like, what are mm. we doing here? He should propose to me. We've been together four years. This is getting weird. You know, I it sounds say,
1: like this sounds like my wife. That's exactly <laughs> what she was saying.
2: I don't know why. I don't know why I had such a like a, a thing about it. Like it was really irritating to me that it hadn't happened yet, and so, but he was very committed to me. Like he was very. We saw each other daily. We thrived as a couple. Like we had so much fun. I mean, I was just—it was a really, really nice whatever twenties. Yeah, the vibe. As, of it was. As, as painful as comedy can be in your twenties, and the rejection, and I was going through a lot of auditions too because I started entering the commercial acting world, and I was so discouraged a lot. And he was always there to lift me up. So you know, things were—I pretty much knew I wanted. You were my best friend. That's what I kept kept telling you. There it is. There it is. So I thought, you know, I didn't really see life without him. But as far as kids go, we waited forever. Like, we didn't have kids until over a decade, you know? And everybody's like,
1: you guys
2: wait there's no rush on kids, yep. that's cool. kids. we
1: talked we talked about that yeah. in the past episode because i had a teacher in high school that i was really close with and they waited till they were married eight years before they had kids and that's i mean that should not be that should not be an unusual thing because you got to make sure like you got to make sure you guys are tight before you get to to some of those other pieces because that was something i wanted to talk about with you guys just not even as a as comedians but like as a couple because uh, you know I live with my obviously I live with my wife. We have that kind of nuclear style family. But, you know, one of the things we always talk about is like Al Al does not live with his kids, has that custody piece. Yeah. And so we were talking on the first episode how like, you know, one of the hardest things. And I was a child of divorce. You can't tell someone how to live in another house. And mm. we talked a little bit about that. But I was like, you know what? Even though that's a challenging thing, it's also challenging when you have two people in the same house in real time where there might be moments where you have a different approach to not eating your broccoli or, you know, you know what I mean? Like some of those For things sure. that you have to negotiate in real time that he can make a decision in his house, but he can't dictate what might be happening in the other house. How do you guys navigate parenting now? Like, cause you have a, is it a five-year-old. I don't want to hog it. Yeah. Can
2: I finish my sentence though? Like at the time when people were <laughs> like, you guys got a vacation, I was like, we don't vacation. So everything that people were like, you guys should wait and enjoy life without the kid, we already did that. And our practice baby was our English bulldog. We had a dog together nice. and we butt heads daily on that dog. <laughs> You're walking him wrong. You're feeding him wrong. You're yelling at him. You're coddling him. It was just back and forth. Back <laughs> Make and him forth. sit and before I you thought,
3: give him a treat. Yeah, you know, yeah
1: that's, I, a I nice, that's a nice. That's a nice intro then to that. Like, well, dynamic. I thought it was going to be
2: hard when we had kids based on that dog, but it really wasn't. Like, I've never worked better with somebody than it, and then with Luke uh, around our daughter.
0: Well, we certainly cla- have clashed over the years over dogs way more than over a child. Just okay. that, but um, yeah, it was eight years for us before we had. Uh, a child and then we still have that stuff like even before before we're recording this podcast she's in the other room playing with something and i was like this is the plan we are going to not have any screens until it's time for the podcast so then she has a distraction and i come out of the shower and she's on the screen with abby and i was like this oh, is man. not the plan why are we doing this plan <laughs> i said yeah. she
2: can read while we're in the podcast he's like reading she's gonna be like knocking on our door two yeah. pages in
0: <laughs> yeah Why did this plan get changed?
2: And I was like, that's true. Right. The screen,
1: I mean the screen time, that's that's a you know, do you guys set all of the
0: controls on the devices or we do, but she yeah. doesn't get on them on her own, really. So even when she's on an iPad or iPhone or something like that, she's not doing anything else but playing this one game that she likes. Nice. And on um, the Nintendo, I get her a Nintendo DS that isn't even connected to the internet. That's Absolutely still too so. early
2: to me to give her video games. I don't know because it's a whole culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like now she's gonna meet. She's gonna want to do conventions.
3: Oh no, she's not going to be a gamer right well, off the yeah. rip. She got you have
1: some. Time I, I had a right hard here. time. I had a hard time. I battled a lot with that and someone who uses technology and uh, not wanting to wait so long. And I was I was very caught up in that. And then uh, you know my oldest is autistic, so she's she's like nine now. And so what I realized is a lot of those things for her helped her it helped me show some of her strengths that I might not have seen in her, mm-hmm. the trial and error, her pattern recognition. And so I was so adamant in the beginning. And, uh, and so now it's like, it's hard cause we have grandma in the house. So sometimes I have a plan, my wife has a plan, but now we have a third person with mm-hmm. their own plan. And that like <laughs> those no
0: purposes to disrupt both those plans,
1: yeah, how about it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, so you got to have a strong relationship because you have other variables that sometimes are going to control that for you you or, mm-hmm. you know, they're at a house with someone else or a sitter, because I got to imagine if you guys are both gigging, that's, that's got to be difficult waters and you must have a, a support system.
3: We don't. That's the thing. <laughs> no, <'cause>, yeah, <laughs> your family is, is not in New York city. No, right? we don't have any yeah, family.
0: Here yet, so. We have so. a different
2: kind. I mean, my perspective is I have got a sister, um, who. Who is a stater's two away, who comes in on a train when we both have to work. But usually we have toggled gigs to. or say no, or the one that has pays better gets priority. But if, if they both pay decent, we try to get loop in a babysitter. It's just childcare really drains the bank account. And in comedy in general, a lot of people don't know the paychecks are not as huge as they should be. Mm-hmm. Truly, they don't even reflect like what you're providing. And mm-hmm. so you have to be really savvy with how you negotiate, which jobs you take and and how you can get the money up to where it makes sense um which helps because we've been in the business over a decade now so we know how to almost two decades holy crap um <laughs> so we know how to um spot the thing that's gonna be helpful and what won't be you know
1: see that like, that's we, a, that we learned that's that before
2: hard. we had kids which helps yeah. us now that's
1: make- the beauty of you waiting and really establishing yourselves. Um, mm-hmm. to be able to put yourself,
3: but see, that, that's a tough, that's a tough predicament. I I'm very fortunate. So my daughter, um, has her grandmother very, very close. She's mm-hmm. a retired teacher. I mean, nice. that that woman should be commanding $110,000 a year from us for how much energy and effort she puts <laughs> into our kids. Right,
2: she's a private tutor. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause she's a teacher, right? So she knows how to teach. She knows she can see when the attention span's starting to dwindle down. She knows when she's just really, really good. We're really, really lucky. Mm-hmm. To, to do that with, without that support, like I'm going to tell you right now, if, if we didn't have that support system, things would be very, very different for me. Extremely different because I don't, I don't, I mean, financially, that's extremely expensive just for like three hours a day for someone to watch a kid is extremely mm-hmm. expensive. Yeah. And she's doing that Monday through Friday.
2: And yeah. We're and we're lucky. And we've seen comedians sometimes bring their kids into the club and we've had to do it a couple times, but I was really, especially when she was an infant against it. I, I would just prefer to cancel all my gigs and keep her home and on a sleep schedule and out of the environment because one, it was it was like negative two ways. One, she was exposed to a different kind of environment and stimulated at a time when she shouldn't be. And then two, um, they were seeing us as <laughs> like or at least me as this woman that's like can <laughs> keep it down. can everybody just be quiet and <laughs> stop smoking and stop eating that and don't you know like yeah. i wouldn't do that to people but i didn't want to be viewed as this woman who everybody had to walk on eggshells around now luke was very chill he was just like just bring her in and yeah. let her run around and let her talk to this guy let her have that experience yeah this
3: guy's cool he seems like a decent guy yeah <laughs>
2: yeah but i was such a you know mother hen i was like don't let her touch this don't let her look at if she cries you know and i would listen to her from stage and Oh, it just was, I was on alert. I wanted to be vigilant for her and, and I couldn't focus on actually performing. So it never, never felt right. Even if I could give a good show, it didn't feel comfortable to me.
0: So, yeah, I I was going to say, that's a bit of an exaggeration to say like, oh, just bring her in. Our plan was always to not just bring her into these environments because that is, it's an adult environment. Mm-hmm. and so it's a it,
2: buzzkill it's not fun for other comics to be around an infant longer than 10 minutes yeah but that's yeah.
0: not even i don't even care about them i don't care <laughs> i do not care about the other comics like that's yeah. their problem what i care about is our daughter and yeah. i know that them being you know her being around some of them some of them are you know comics some are creeps and yeah. weirdos yeah. some are great you know but there's just a there's a cross the board mixture of these folks and so it's late it's past her bedtime it's not putting her needs ahead of maybe our wants with it yeah so, well, not, and, you know.
1: but even people who are listening to this that aren't <laughs> comics like they can appreciate it like, we were talking about unwritten rules of like you know when you can give some independence like hey if i wanted to run into wawa which is our convenience store and i park and i'm sort of in a rural area and i park to run in mm-hmm. like at what age can i run in without having to disrupt the disrupt the kid you know and i actually looked into it and the law was under you can't leave a kid by themselves in the car under the age of six is that, right? wow. Wow. that was that was okay. and then the law then i was like well what about at home like i feel like my mom left me at home oh wow you know and it was a different time obviously oh. the 90s <laughs> but like there is no law that restricts the age at which a kid can be left home alone however the parent is responsible for anything that happens to them during that time i found that right. interesting
0: <laughs> so if home you, alone you take is a trip scary. to france without your child
1: home alone so like i was thinking home alone the plot <laughs> of home alone like what like is that scenario and it's like you know what as far as a law standpoint, they did not commit any issues. That's
2: well, why the police were so nonchalant about yeah, Kevin being like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything. Everything.
0: <laughs> everything that Kevin did, though, they would be responsible for, for that's exactly like true. stealing, you know, pizza or uh,
2: that's
3: right. That's yeah, arson. <laughs> so, I got to yeah. imagine, like, like, for anyone going to work with their kid, like in the area or in the background, it has to be challenging. Being on stage at a comedy club is like has its own different level of stress. It's got to be extremely difficult to get up there, you know, set them up, knock them down, punchline after punchline when you know your kids somewhere. Well, it's hard in there to be present like, in the room when you're half like, of those yeah, other things. What is that like as a performer? So I know you don't care about the other comedians, but here you are. You got to do your thing. How challenging was that? Mm,
0: I I can compartmentalize so when i'm on stage i'm thinking about what's on stage and so hopefully all the groundwork has already been laid to take care of everything like that so by the time i hit the stage i am not worried about anything else that's happening that's you know more of my analytical side of going let's make sure everything's done so i can't think of a time where i was worried about what was happening with my daughter and there's only been a handful of times she's ever even been on a gig. With yeah. Us, I was ever.
2: thinking actually I brought her to more room shows than club shows. So in a club, she'd be in a green room and I couldn't see her in a room, okay. um, you know, in a, like a restaurant, she could be in the far back in someone else's arms. That's a yeah. woman I trust and I can okay. see her, you know? And so um, then she got a little older. This is such a short period of time. Anyway, when she got older, I remember doing a live podcast where she could be on stage with me and not interfere. Cause she was distracted yeah. by a toy. So, you yeah. know, it's just like, she's slowly learning about, the stage, like the last gig we did, Simsbury, it was in Simsbury, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. She came, she was bouncing on the hotel bed. She was, you know, talking to all the staff members. She was very on. And then at, on stage, she kept asking, Can I come out there? Can I come out there in between the other comics? And then um, I said no, but afterwards we're all going to go on stage, and you can come then. And nice. so she came on stage, and she wanted to grab the mic and talk. You know how kids do. Yeah, so
1: absolutely. now
2: she's kind of getting what we do for a living. She's telling jokes at the dinner table. She's like nice. testing puns. She's five, right. but she knows like play on words. Beautiful. Like, Is that a good one? Can I do that one? And I'm like, just you don't want to work at five, all right?
3: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Enjoy right. your youth, so kid. I'm all
2: like, right? I'm
1: I went into I went into my daughter's classroom. My youngest is in first grade, and she's she's very mature, being six. Like you know, doing the same kind of things you were doing. I was joking earlier on another uh, podcast, and we were talking about. Oh, she said to me, "Oh, Dad, Home Depot," and she thought it was funny. She's like, "You should put that in your act, but you know, like make it funny." And it's like, well, like, you know, but she she gets what I do. They, it's f- kind of fun for that too, because uh, I do talk I do talk about my kids on stage. Uh, but I have kind of rules. I wanted to hear kind of yours, you guys being more experienced. I really wanted to, like, do you guys, did anything change? Like, did your material change once you became a parent? Do you use anything from parenting on your, in your stage and your performance?
0: Uh, yes to both. Was that both questions? <laughs> yeah, or sorry, questions? sorry yeah. yeah. There were five questions.
2: There, there were five. There were five. You can changing. see
1: how hard my wife has to work a living with me. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I yeah my work has always been autobiographical or my act has you know so when I owned a pet I would write jokes about pet ownership when I worked a day job I'd write office jokes so similarly when I became a new mom talked about delivery talked about breastfeeding when that was over talked about you know childcare babysitting and so um so yeah I think it's it's funny when we go on the road together and um i'll open for luke they'll piece, some audience members will piece it together like wow they both have kids it's four. Oh, they both have you know a kid. it's a daughter they yeah. both have partners that are the other race i wonder if and it's <laughs> i'm surprised it's not all of them in the moment going we get it you guys are together but yeah. it's only usually one woman dressed as jessica fletcher on murder she wrote like, <laughs> are you two a couple she's got a
0: little notebook she's been scratching <laughs> yeah. in you're right yeah that's knew- funny yeah. <laughs>
2: So so, like, um, so yeah, I mean we we incorporate, but but our styles are different. Um, mine, I I still have trouble describing mine. Mine's easygoing, general audiences. His is antagonistic, mean, rude.
0: I don't think that's correct. Right. <laughs> not at all.
2: He's very funny. He's <laughs> sharp. Fair. We're both. Well, we're both quick witted. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, our material does not sound identical. We don't open with yeah. the exact same um setups about you but you, but is, you so- allow
1: your life to come on stage
0: yes yeah or we, we have
2: different voices in comedy so yeah.
0: yeah but we do talk about our daughter like both of us and we you know we don't use specifics or we don't use her name we don't use stuff like that we but you know i talk about really it's more like being a dad and so therefore having a daughter is kind of or a child is a prerequisite to being a dad so i can't Talk about being a dad without there being some talk about a child in this mix.
2: It's also probably confusing for the audience because I have this bit about being a single mom.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> oh snap!
2: That's my personal.
0: <laughs> I do everything. She's still sticking to that thing. Nobody can know where. Nobody can know you're together, right? Yeah.
3: So, does anything ever happen where you like are like, I'm using that, and then Abby's like, No, I'm using that, and then looks like whoa, 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 that happened on my watch, and you guys are like going back and forth, or is it just kind of like it's our no, family, really use it all
2: he'll say something really makes me laugh and i'm like you should use that and he's like yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm like can i use that
1: if you're not going to <laughs> yeah right that's the unsaid that's cool that's a, i don't have to worry about that my wife will pitch me somewhere. she'll send me a text of something ridiculous my daughter will have said somewhere uh, without her filter in and then i can then kind of cartoon it up and
2: yeah and, you know, and
1: and uh, but like my role is like cuz i like to talk i like to talk about Myself, my you know, especially her with uh having autism. I think there's a huge misunderstanding of what that is. So I like to do that. But in my my rule is she has to be the hero of the joke. Like something has to be highlighting something uh for her. But like I talk about other things. Like I, I grew up with uh, you know, my parents my parents got divorced really young because they both realized they were gay. So now I got I grew up with two moms and then eventually two dads. Wow. And so I talk a lot about that piece and how I don't know what a dad looks like because I didn't gr- I grew up in a two-parent household but they were both women and it was mm-hmm. in like 80s Scrantz so he had to be in witness protection and not it was my mom's friend I was living with the golden girls like whatever yeah. scenario <laughs> would let P- you know because I don't want to go to the grocery store run into somebody and have to give a PhD like doctoral thesis as to my family tree yeah uh, I,
2: that's fun that you can be specific about it I like thinking about you telling another child of divorce I had two moms and two dads and they're like yeah we all did <laughs> we know.
0: yeah yeah, right. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but wait. You're like, well, hang on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I like, because I think there's some things there that I like to explore, because I think it's fun to talk about things that were uncomfortable, that people are either not talking enough about, which is why we started, you know, with this podcast, because we were like, not enough guys get together and talk about being dads you know and like Luke you had just said like you love you know you love being a dad and that you know that what is your favorite thing now that you you know you have a five year old what's your favorite thing about being a dad like what's the thing that excites you the most
0: well I think maybe you heard what you wanted to hear I never said I love being a dad I just said I am a dad clear <laughs> so, you uh,
2: said I talk about being I a talk
0: dad. about being oh, a dad oh clear that's right and so again my wife that said I, I don't that. listen yeah
2: well we're five years in now Luke do you feel like a dad yet because for the first two years he kept saying I don't know what it's supposed to feel like to be a dad. <laughs> Hell, and yeah. Meanwhile, I've been a mom for 18 years of my life. In my mind.
0: Yeah, I don't. Well, I, d- I don't know what a de- being a dad at like 19 would feel like. And then by the oh, time yeah. you're my age, you've got like a kid that's ready to go college or whatever. Um, it's so. I definitely feel like I have a daughter. That she's my daughter, and I love her very much. But I don't. I don't think. It's part of what I would put in my bio or my identity. Like, I don't think that's what I think of myself as a defining feature. I, I can't yeah. understand
2: it. I can't <laughs> understand
0: yeah. it. But that's yeah. still like, like compartmentalizing. He was about. talking about yeah. compartmentalizing. He's the best that's compartmentalizer
3: we got. He is still yeah. very
2: good at compartmentalizing. In Luke's mind, a dad has like a handlebar mustache and yeah, a totally. pipe.
3: Yeah. And a,
2: you know, like horseshoe bald head.
3: And then, so I'm assuming, Abby, it's very different for you
2: yeah i don't i don't know what it would be like to not be her mom (laughs) like i just and i am everybody's mom now like it's at least in the first year of a baby's life you have so many hormones Uh, going through you that even villains on tv you're like oh he's misunderstood he was a baby (laughs) he just needed a
3: chance (laughs) (laughs) um so i wanted to ask you guys this because um you know being comedians uh being out there social media all that stuff is a a big deal, right? That's kind of the direction of the world right now. I post pictures of my daughter on my Instagram all the time, and uh, I notice that though you'll post a picture of your daughter, you don't like to show her face. And um, my sister does the same thing, but I'm just curious to hear your take, like, w- why you chose to do that, why you choose to do that, and do you think that'll ever change? Like, when she's 17, do you think you'll change that, or what do you got going on there?
0: Or what's your school of thought? We, I that, well... Working backwards when she's seventeen or whenever she's old enough to make that decision for herself, to be brought into show business because that's what our social media is wow. for is show business. Yeah. It's not yeah. so that the aunts and uncles can see. That's her, an important. That's an important know. distinction. So yeah. Wow. So um, the, our followers are people that would be audience members and strangers. Uh, so sometimes friends or people that we've met, but mm-hmm. you know it could be somebody we've never even met in real life. So. she's old enough that she can make a decision to enter that world with us Then she can, but she's not like even Abby and I have a little different. I don't even post her at all. Like I don't post anything and then cover her face. I just don't Mm -hmm. acknowledge. Yeah. Now
2: who's all don't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No,
0: I, 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 I like that.
2: I like, I value my privacy. I do think there's a distinction between what I reveal publicly and what I keep, you know, in my friend circle and my text threads. And so it really bothers me in general if I post a picture at home and someone is like, that tin of cookies in the back, I have that, you yeah, know, right? I mean? why
3: Are you, yeah, why are you yeah.
2: zooming in? Yeah. You know?
3: right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm really, I try to be mindful of like every little thing in a photo. I'm like, would anybody point this out or, you know, Same. be like, oh, I recognize that grocery bag. You must live at these coordinates. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable. So, I agree. I
3: think that's so smart. People do. People do that too. They're like, <laughs> "Oh, you shop at the Whole Foods on da da da." It's like, yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa, and you're whoa, like, "Whoa, sh- how, sh- how did you figure that out?" Yeah, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. See, my <laughs> yeah, sister, it, she does that
2: spot. and so and so. It's not that we have so much to hide, but it's my mental sense of privacy that I'm trying to preserve. And the same is true for my daughter. I also don't like to invite someone's opinions into my fact or my truth you know like this is my way of being and then so let's say I, I I'm trying to lose weight and there's jokes about you could have jokes about that but if I'm actually feeling sad about how I look I don't put that online because someone else will be like you can't even talk. You need yeah, to talk about it. of right. feeling sad. You have like a stranger being like, and shut up.
1: <laughs> Isn't <laughs> yeah. it funny? I feel like that's a lot like the, the stuff when you as parents have a decision you make that maybe others don't do or is against the grain, it's kind of like the, there's a comparison I think to being a comedian. Like we all like have a camaraderie, but we might be very different on stage and we still might kind of root for each other, even though we're it's, it's interesting that they're as parents, like even lay people, not comedians, like when somebody takes a step. Stand on something. There's immediately someone to be like, "Oh, you guys now putting your kids." What are you conspiracy theories? Like, there's always like, I, I find it so interesting that people sometimes gravitate to some of those differences and like want you to do whatever they do. And if you're not commiserating yeah. with them, then like, oh, you don't. I, I had a family next to us growing up that didn't show commercials. They wouldn't let the kids. They would come in and <laughs> they would turn the TV off really? wow. during the commercials. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know time I mean? it out, they got one of those little stopwatches. <laughs> it yeah. was like serious like they were like a step up like from mennonite like a step up from amish that were just like didn't want commercialism to get into them and didn't want them to be influenced by the ads mm-hmm. um wow. and so uh they, they you know
2: use a lot of psychology so it makes sense like, You're not, doing yes, it like, you it's a
3: lot of manipulation in those things
1: but so it's that like ma- yeah, but, make- it, but those are your kids you get to make that decision and you know that's that's you know I, I get it but it's funny too because people are always gonna like they they either project that they feel guilty that they hadn't thought about that or like uh, if i'm being honest as you were saying about those i'm like those are things i should have thought about how did i my internal dialogue as you were talking <laughs> was like why didn't i think I, that's so i'm not gonna lie logical. i felt the same way you know, like, like, if I'm being shit, real, like as you wrong? were talking about that <laughs> was like, it's,
2: a, it's anybody's thing in fact one funny thing that happened to me was i was talking to a person who's a celebrity about it and unfortunately i can't say their name (laughs) because I don't I don't think it's helpful for me in my career to ever say their name but it was (laughs) a woman and she was saying you know oh uh, you don't put your daughter's face on the internet and I said yeah just preserve her privacy and then if she you know enters into the internet world she doesn't have like a backlog of all these embarrassing moments online she's like Well, when you're a real celebrity, you don't really have that option. You have to show their faces. And so I just own it. And I was like, excuse me. I've never seen Julia Roberts' children ever. So why don't you just sit down, little lady? I was going to say, I
3: I disagree with that. I, I would say that is so far from true
2: hmm well yeah it was just her take on it and she just felt like i'm taking control of it or getting ahead of it by i'm choosing what i show and i thought i'm doing the same thing you know like i respect her angle i just didn't appreciate the dig of she was just right like, right right oh, you'll exactly. understand when you're big someday and i was just like <laughs> the to, so, the, the agree to disagree
1: to the agree to disagree is the issue on that i have because like i want to be friends with everybody in the world so like i'm happy being around people who look and are nothing like me and are from different backgrounds because i know no one's got a background like i get so i know out of the gates i'm not going to magically meet someone <laughs> that i completely identify with and i would never but i think there is a part of us on a human condition level that we can't help but like be like oh they're doing something different should i be doing that i just this constant yeah. comparison of that i think just happens and sometimes people don't can't within themselves compartmentalize like luke does so beautifully and put those away and then they feel like they have to say something yeah you know?
2: Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, that's the internet is, that's the bad side of the internet is it makes everybody... (laughs) Or even your Aunt Sally at Thanksgiving, though, you
0: know? It It doesn't matter at all. Like you know, like for example, those kids that you grew up with, there weren't a lot of watch commercials. They actually now own an ad agency, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's like it, it, that's it. <laughs>
2: it was I so agree. taboo; they couldn't help themselves,
1: right? But that's how it, that's how it always goes. You force somebody away from something, you're almost pushing them towards it. I feel well. Like. Also,
2: I, I contemplate, and I wouldn't because I know I wouldn't get Luke's okay. But I kind of just putting old baby pictures of her now because I'm reminiscent of that time, and I'm like, well, you guys aren't gonna spot her on the street based on these bald headed pictures. <laughs> but <laughs> out of principle, <laughs> yeah. I just don't. Plus, I feel like the audience would be like what the heck yeah, so, mind.
3: D- now did you guys pre pre-birth is this something that you discussed before the arrival is this something that you discussed after was there a conflict how did that how did that pan
2: out
0: I feel like it just came up in the moment of like oh we shouldn't do this okay yeah. I
2: mean our neighbor upstairs she's she doesn't live up there anymore but she was the same way and she works in entertainment but off camera and she's very protective of her family anyway so it had nothing okay. really to do with anybody ever following i think her instagram account was private at the time so it's not like anybody mm-hmm. could really see it but if you were at a birthday party with her child she'd be like okay take a picture of anybody else's kid but not mine Don't touch her. and <laughs> i remember one time i took a picture of the back of her child's head and she was like mm, don't post that one and i wow. was like all right so i probably got the idea somehow from her but she was in a different hers was just about her personal feelings and not about exposure via work.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's and and there's probably been a picture of our daughter that has gotten out there, Flo. We're not policing right. other people taking pictures of a group shot or something like that and don't, you know, if there's something that we can say, you know, release and not sign off on it we won't but
2: yeah don't tag me in that one
1: yeah Yeah. but i've I've had my cousin do that to me where i put up a photo of them all playing oh look at all the cousins playing and he actually called and asked me to take it down
2: yeah and i I I respect that i get that absolutely i've taken down people's pictures at my own shows i produce because they don't like the angle and it's like, all right, 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 right. So, Same
1: thing. So before we, I had one last question that I at least wanted to ask. And I don't know if, I'll, uh, just uh, when you lived in Indiana, were you living in a city? Were you more rural? Were you like, when you grew up, did you grow up in a city? Cause now living in New York, I kind of want to get to what it's like parenting. I, I live in a suburb. So like, I couldn't imagine parenting in New York city. Is that something oh. you guys were comfortable with going in? Or is that something you had to kind of on the job training?
2: I taught my daughter the shell game so that she can make money on the subway.
0: Yeah. Three card Monty. <laughs> oh, the- <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. which by the way, I saw
2: that live just for the first, I've always seen it in films, but I saw it live on the train for the first time. And something I don't think people know, I, certainly the tourists didn't notice this, is that those, the guy playing and the man he's pretending to uh, lure their boys is with him. And so are like, two other sets of people at the yeah. subway doors. Oh, yeah. That's They're a all hospital dressed hospital. the that's same. They're call. all looking out the door to see who's coming in. And uh-huh. I don't know if that's to like tell everybody to scatter when there's cops or if it's just to like not let your money get stolen. But it's a whole network. It's a whole, was, yeah, it's like, a it whole feels like being there. on set of a show. Yeah. I was like, yeah. He's a producer. He's a grip. He's a cameraman. Oh my God. That's like when
1: I lost Lost and they had the guy, the Sawyer on there and he did these long cons and he ended up having someone that'd be like, oh, I'll buy those necklaces. And then all of a sudden the the other person's like, oh yeah, then I want to look at them. That's incredible. I would not think we don't have, I don't mean I don't have if I was to take public transportation into Philly, even though I live close, I would have to make like seven transfers from oh, yeah, one bus stop. Like there's no way it would take me two and a half hours to get what I could get in my car in 30 minutes. See, you know,
3: so. I, I think that was a good question because I'll before you answer, I, I, I did the exact opposite. So I was born, I'm from Harlem. I was born on 127th Street. Mm-hmm. And later on in life, around nine years old, we moved to upstate New York and it's actually not even upstate New York it's northeastern Pennsylvania <laughs> which is, upstate New York sounds so much better does it and um I can tell you it is it is a world of different like you go from being able to ride your bike in the middle of the street because there's no traffic mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about really what time you come home the other parents are watching you because the town is so small and it was like when we moved out of New York that was a relief as a child like <clears throat> the stress of being a child went away because we were out in the suburbs now and it was like. Fun. So you're saying we're stressing
0: our child out <laughs> by being here?
2: I, <laughs> I, I mean,
3: yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, you, you, you grow up quick in New York because it's, you're in New York City.
0: You right. know what I mean? I and think I, we're all I, learning something. Albert's going to no longer post his child on Instagram. I quit immediately. <laughs> yes.
2: We did grow up in, in the suburbs of um, Capital City, like it's Indianapolis in Indiana. And I'm just flashing back while you were talking to. uh, Speaking of the word flash, that a flasher did come to my grade school, so it's like (laughs) there was. (laughs) You can't escape that's a real (laughs) flashback. There were pit bulls attacking children. That was in the news too in my grade school, and so I don't know if it was just the neighborhood I grew up in or what, but you know, there were the same things you worry about in New York City can happen in in a major city in Indiana. Very true. You
0: were more city than suburb. I, I was more suburb of Indianapolis, like but I, when I was first born, I was uh, from Missouri. I was born in uh, Southwest Missouri, so very small town there. and then at five, I moved to Indianapolis and, and then a little bit further out when I was in high school. And so I've experienced very small town uh, and midwestern small town yeah, city yeah, essentially, it's which I've
2: right, uh,
0: yeah. both I've had all that. And so, and now being in New York city. So it's like, I kept getting more urban as I had moved on in my life.
2: friends who have a 12 year old that is allowed to ride the subway. And that still feels a little too early to me. Yeah, that's smart, like Yeah. By herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean,
3: they've,
2: she's smart. She's a very smart kid. And mm-hmm. I think she, I think she would know what to do in case of an emergency. But just that's the thing I'm not ready for. That's why I wish I had a backup kid. I just really wish (laughs) we didn't (laughs) wait so long. (laughs) Because she's my one and only. I just can't, like, I want to put her in a bubble. But um, (laughs) so, yeah, I do worry about um, city safety, but we practice... Not being on your device when you walk from this train home. And I'm a woman. So when I walk home from the train, I jog home from the train. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah.
0: sprints. Yeah. <laughs> Do little, sprints. I look yeah. at every
2: shadow. I, right, if I'm right. running up behind someone, I clear my throat so they don't like. You get
0: all the yeah, ninja on you. That's her high intensity interval training, just uh, (laughs) getting off the subway and getting home. There you go. Well,
1: you I mean, you fit into the I mean the bottom line is wherever you are, you fit into the constraints, whatever. Like, you know, I didn't plan on having an autistic daughter, and I wouldn't have known that growing up, wouldn't have had anybody in my life prior to that. But when those things present yourself, you just do you just do what makes sense in that moment. Now, if I lived in a city, I'm sure you know those things would just kind of those kind of yeah. things just work themselves. It's your, out. it's your
3: normal that's your normal that's that's what is your that's what your life is that's it you, yeah, yeah well, or you don't keep on trying to make it something else that's yeah. your normal well, you i think sometimes i
1: mean i feel like sometimes that's like i think about what my mom did for so long she was so afraid to be who she was that she tried to pretend something or she tried to force this norman rockwell stencil on a life and i think sometimes parents do force things because internally or their past told them that it's supposed to be X, Y, and Z. And how do you, how do you, as a, as your own person pioneer out from whatever your parents did and, Mm -hmm. and like moving to a city and doing some of those things can really help you kind of push yourself into the deep end a little bit. Uh, and I think it's going to make, you know, your child so much stronger to see that both of you continue to pursue your passions you know you didn't stop to say okay i'm going to be a mom now so like i'm not going to do this comedy thing anymore like i think that the empowerment of that her seeing her mom whether she's in a green room or gets to run on the mic or do any of that i think that's part of it and and we as parents do all sorts of things to you know and, and as someone raised by women who were women who you know were nurses and and helped people uh you know i have nothing but uh my mom always worked my mom still to this day tries Mm -hmm. to work uh you know even though she probably should be taking it easy, but I value her work ethic, and I think I have I have the same because of her. So mm-hmm. I think I think your daughter is going to feel that same way about both of you and getting to see how you guys made her a priority while keeping yourselves a priority. I think that's something Aww. after the pandemic. <laughs> that's awesome!
0: Thanks, I
2: you know, appreciate that.
1: that. Very sweet. That was, I'll be watching. Wow, that was, wow. That over was... And but it's like this. <laughs> well, I mean, I wouldn't have got into honestly my life like like before the pandemic, The pandemic changed me. I flip switched. I, you know, things were very different for me and I have a very different perspective, Uh, And I and I'm now kind of taking a moment to reflect on all of those things to to make myself the best version of myself so that my daughters can be proud of their dad. My wife can be proud of her husband. My parents can be proud of their son. And I can be proud of myself because I think that was the biggest thing Did you guys see. uh, This is totally off topic. I'm so sorry.
0: But like uh, Avatar, (laughs) um. (laughs) two,
2: The way of the water. Yeah, I know. I watched this.
1: I watched uh, Jonah Hill's documentary on Netflix recently. It just affirmed what I was already like that. I was already like doing some of those things unconsciously, but like it's called Stutz and it's him interviewing his therapist through because he wanted to share the tools that had helped him navigate those waters of like fame, but also worried about what people were saying about X, Y, and Z and his weight and other things just like, you know, I don't want to waver from my morals. I'm a teacher. I'm a dad. I want my kids to be proud of me. So I work clean or try my best to work clean. But, uh, and I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I you want know, to do some well, of I those things. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I make don't a work great point. For
0: yeah, I mean, all that's very sweet sentiment, but our daughter has already informed us she's moving to Indiana with or without us. <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. They
2: rebel. They rebel yeah. so young. She's they like, do. I'm over New York. It smells here. It's so loud. I'm like, this is the coolest city in the world.
0: She's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm moving to Indiana. And she only knew New York, right? Did she? Uh, she no, was she's she's born in New York, York right? She was born in New York. Yeah. She she's New born in New in Brooklyn.
2: That's so interesting. She finds the trips back home to see our family and her cousins so idyllic. You know, she's yeah, like grass is museums and playtime and yeah. everybody loves me. Grass
3: and me. the burbs, <laughs> baby. The burbs, it's, a, it's living out, it's uh, Okay. You guys laughed at me, but you know, your daughter's going to have a New York City accent. You guys don't have one. How do you feel about that?
2: Yeah. She already says water. <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm walking here she gave me one of those guys you know yeah I mean? one of those she slaps cabs already
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <crosswalk. laughs> um you know i
3: did want to say i, I know that we we work together at the church of satire once again uh luke at great the end club. of your great set club. very great club Hanover, pa if you're there check it out uh luke you did something that i thought was an incredibly innovative creative i don't loving i don't know what the really the word is but you have a comedy album is that right that's correct and um I believe you were selling copies of the comedy album, right? And yeah, what do you do with the proceeds? Yeah. What do you do with the proceeds of that money? Because well, I, I, was, I was blown away when you said
0: it. Every single cent that I've sold <laughs> those uh albums for, a- after shows. So I have a download card. I write a message to whoever just bought it. Uh, so every message is different. So I've sold.
2: So they get a little memento. Yeah,
0: I've sold over 250 of them because I just went through. I'm done with the first batch of these. So nice. I write a little message sign them and then people can download them but i sell so every single set that i sell these albums for uh, goes into a college fund for my daughter <laughs> okay, which is
2: funny to me because he will come home and be like i sold this many albums and i'm like that's money i'll never see good job
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't mean the same thing to me but i i'm glad it means something to you albert and it will mean something to us down the line i'm sure
3: Mm-hmm. i mean we'll, we'll
2: drop in the bucket because and, college tuition will be insane
3: oh it's going to be a lot it scares the crap out of me but i mean that i think that's beautiful i mean you're working towards something that I, I think a lot of parents are going to struggle with further down the line but i kind of i kind of like that you set up the scenario like they set up the scenario of almost what louis, louis <laughs> did with like he was like oh i write a new hour each year they're like every comic who's a father like mother they need to do it like every time like every single one
0: oh that's amazing <laughs> hey yeah. you guys
3: doing albert i, huh? you I you? think i think highly of it Jay? because i know that I college know. is going to be expensive i don't know what college is going to be by the time my daughter goes to college but, i don't know i just there's so much indecisiveness but they're ahead of the curve they're doing more than a lot of people i mean i put away money know, yeah. but you know they're they're ahead of the curve and I money think that's, management that's is so life.
2: tricky especially in this business like they should just offer classes i know everybody says they should do econ or better uh, finance classes for kids of all ages. But I think in comedy, it's like, if you want to go into comedy, like how do you make money? Cause Albert, you and I in Hanover, we're talking about, you know, supplemental income and it's like, yeah. you have to explore all of your gifts and all of your skills and then try to see how you can monetize them because, you know, being on stage for eight minutes to 60 minutes a time at a time is just not going to pay the bills. And it's, even when yeah. you're working 52 weeks a year until you are of a certain level. And even then we know in this business, there's just like an upper uh, percentage or what do you call it? The top percentage of people. Yeah, the top 1%. Tier, yeah. we have a 1% <laughs> comedy that, you know, can do stadiums or can do theaters that aren't comedy clubs. But it's like, if you are a road dog, you, how do you save? Like you save, we saved before we left our day jobs um and just put in like created a retirement fund and create mm-hmm. a savings account and you'd still have to dip into some you know yeah. money you don't really want to touch till later to make ends meet um in the droughts like there are windfalls and then there are yeah. droughts especially in entertainment now i do i host i do television luke's done television we talk about pitching game shows or like creating sitcoms like down the mm-hmm. line like we're trying we took classes and everything when we got started so that we could try to get ahead of the money issue but it's you know it's tricky
1: it's tough stuff but it's a lot of respect for that because that's that's uh, is it some we were talking with a previous guest mark riccadonna because like he was saying and knew he was going to be a comedian that was plan a whereas like for me i, I don't know that i would have envisioned a life like this but now i can't envision another one Without it, so it's like now my wife and I had to sit down and say, "Well, hey, if you're going to be doing this, like you're giving up coaching, you're giving up some of these other things. Are you able to make that money back? Are you able to mm-hmm. do that with all of the expenses?" And yeah, I just the answer is no, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I know, honey. <laughs> "No, honey." Well, you you under you you overestimate how much I was getting paid as a coach. That, <laughs> yeah. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's where you. Oh, we know. Standard. That's what we're saying about comedy. <laughs> well, like, I, so like so more. so. So far i've been i've been all right to stay out of out of that realm where my wife's uh letting me pursue that which is uh which is a blessing so yeah that is great Mm -hmm. i
2: mean you really it's i i know i never want my family to think we're in dire straits because we have all these like fail-safes um but we also are not uh you know we're not eating out this month you know we're cooking (laughs) at home like everybody else in america that needs to save money so Mm -hmm. there's just these times where you tighten your belt and I don't know if we'll ever get to the end of our career without having to tighten our belt at times or not. I really hope my daughter rebels and becomes like a doctor.
3: But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stay out and, of the family business, honey, please.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anytime she hints at like wanting to do comedy, I'm like, You're like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> Isn't is that great? <laughs>
0: And pushing her right yeah, into it. I do it in indiana <laughs> and pushing so, it right into yeah, it. gotta pick one yeah. yeah
2: so so yeah the yeah we invite us back for a separate uh, conversation about money management and how you can because it is hard stand up is hard in general on the yeah. psyche emotionally yeah. and yeah. for the long haul you really have to be you're committed to it and there's like highs and lows and it's all a mental balance of not getting sucked into the the disappointments and really enjoying like the opportunities and taking advantage of them so that when you throw money into the mix it it just makes it it, it looks nothing like your peers especially if you're you're starting at a different point in life so maybe you've had a chance to do a lot of things your peers did but when you're yes. in your 20s everybody's buying a house everybody's getting married you're typically yeah. not you're sacrificing those kind of things So that you can invest in yourself, in your career. And then, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. Because my biggest sacrifice now is time with my family. But having been a coach and some of those other things, I was actually out of the house way more from like three to nine every day. So getting Mm -hmm. off the bus and dinner was not a possibility where now... Dinner and getting them off the bus is what I do. And then they're in bed, and that's when I shoot off to the mics at night, you know. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Since it's a family like oriented podcast, I will say we have certain deal breakers. Like we have to have health insurance, we have to have dinner together. Like there are yeah. things that we do that we don't let the career, you know, get in the way of.
3: That's I I think that's a beautiful idea. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. I think in every 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 career that should in every family that should really be like a, a, a cornerstone, right? going to have dinner together or we're going to make time for each other on this day on that day this is family time put the electronics down that's Mm -hmm. a big deal right because you don't get that time back you know what i mean we all know you you're not going to get it back you think you have all this time i mean i i put my head on a pillow and i woke up my daughter was eight years old and i'm like what just happened And it's it's gone it's gone right it's it's never gonna happen again oh my gosh it's fun to watch but it happens so fast and it's like wow i wish we would have And I think that's the biggest thing about, you you, want to eliminate the, I wish I would have with my daughter. I don't want to be sitting there going, uh, baby girl, I wish I would have X, Y, and Z. I I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? So absolutely
2: yeah the beautiful thing especially with you albert is that you get to stop aging now now that she's she, she will accelerate and you can just be uh,
3: okay i'm good with 32. that good. i like that's that we <laughs> got 32 got 30 there you go yes 32 for
0: the rest of my life it. well i'm a hollywood 29, He's so hollywood 29 right, here. right. Yeah. Yeah. Good.
2: I, I have to add this grade just for fun so i can get respect but, um, that's awesome. um yeah oh what'd you make me think of uh i was gonna say the thing about the kid and then the age. Oh, well. It'll come back to me. If well, leaves. the next time.
0: When the next time? Next time, yeah. God, definitely, well, so yeah, yeah. You definitely uh, impressed upon me that we need to go get her off a device now. Yeah, get her out
3: sure, of New York City immediately. <laughs> yeah, stressing that young lady out. So yeah, t- that's the
1: beauty of this, is just getting together with other parents and then the fact that we were comedians. Like, I just... Uh, there's a part there that I think even the average person listening is like, Oh, okay. There's those same compromises. Maybe I thought this was a frivolous thing they're doing, but Oh no, as a matter of fact, there's so much extra things, all those fail safes you talked about, all those other things you have to think about while still being able to entertain other people uh, is, is impressive. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to be with us today.
3: Abby and Luke, you got the last word. What's
2: up? Can I do this one last thing? Yeah, of course. (laughs) holidays and birthdays like there is no holiday or birthday that we that is sacred sadly and that's the one compromise i think people at home should know that like if you think oh they got it all figured out it's like i still can't keep work from happening on these dates you know what i mean and and not acquiesce it's like well we gotta pay rent so But um, yeah so there's that but we still like celebrate we just never do it on the day of because typically for entertainment you're working that's the the day right right
3: if all goes as planned.
1: Actually, working. I was at Church of Satire for New Year's Eve. That's where uh, <laughs> that's where I was at for this. That was the first time that I had like a holiday oh, yeah, that my leave. wife and I oh, weren't okay. together and uh, mm-hmm. had that. So uh, we're starting to get into that. And, and that's something that I think my wife and I are, are always a little non-traditionalist. So we can oh, kinda, there you go. as long yeah. as you have the time and you, you make the time, uh, you know, what does it matter? Well, what what know, is hopefully, hopefully he paid you extra What is
2: time?
3: So Abby and Luke are going to give you the last word. I know, I know Luke, you got, you have a show, Abby, if you have anything you want to plug, throw it in there and then we'll be signing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We work together on the kid is in school podcast. We talk about anything we want while the kid is in school. So definitely listen to that anywhere you listen to your podcast. It's great. We release a new episode every Tuesday.
0: Yeah. And you can just follow us at comedian Luke or curly comedy Uh, and on everything. On every social media platform. You know, I got videos, uh, clips, those type of things. I, I'm i uh, at the Comedy Cellar every Monday, but I am also might be in your town. So, Or if you want me in your town, just email me or shoot me a message on social media and request me. Beautiful. All right. Seriously, Dad signing off.
3: Albert Davis, Abby Crutchfield, Luke Thayer, Thank you. Jay Yoder. Thanks, Peace guys. Peace out, everybody. You Thank you, you guys. Time. How you doing? This is Neil Wood from the Cult of Us podcast. Speaking on behalf of Drop10 Media Network, the network you're currently listening to. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts on the network. You can go to drop10.com to check them all out. Make sure to like, subscribe on everything that you see Drop10 on. We appreciate it. Go to drop10.com now.
0: This has been... A Drop Tent Media Production.